To the Trouble with the Snap podcast, I am Tyler Hayward, Sean Vergoven. It's in Jeremy File is out, which means even though it's after Halloween, my man's still ghosting me. Uh, you can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, like the Facebook page, comment, share, uh, you know, do the little hand clap thing on Anchor. Uh, you got questions, ask us, and uh, we'll answer those to the best of our abilities. Like, go ahead and pump up the social media stuff and the sharing and stuff. Give us a few more listens. That'd be dope. Um, but like I said, Sean Vergoven is with me. Uh, we had on the schedule the Tucker situation, but there's been connection problems with Anchor over the last, I think, like three or four days because when I was on the flip side sports uh, cover three podcast, that was a, that was a little bit of a disaster as well. Uh, so we were going to talk Tucker, but it took us a while to get connected here. Um, you know, ultimately we agreed on the same thing. Uh, look, this is just, this is less about Tucker and more about showing, Hey, Michigan state's ready to step up. And, yep. you know, it's nice to avoid that, uh, situation that you had with Saban and, uh, you know, maybe you missed out on an up and comer, you know, that was something that soured state fans for eight years on football. So, yeah, I, I mean, that, that, uh, where Michigan is at is playing Maryland, trying to keep their foot in the door in regards to having a say in this uh, Big Ten East fight to the finish. And they got Maryland. And look, this is a – Maryland's not good. Michigan is good. But this is an interesting matchup for me. For, for me too. Um, and I'll tell you, I think – so Purdue was our trap game. We knew it was our trap game. We were walking in. This, this was our trap game, 100%. And they had the pieces to make us pay. They, they just destroyed our defense, no question. Now, with that being said, this is 100% Michigan's trap game. Now, the question is, is does Maryland have the ability to capitalize on that and actually make them pay? Because I will guarantee you not a single person in Ann Arbor is looking at Maryland. They are all focused on Ohio State. They think they're going to win this week. Now, the thing's working against Michigan. It is senior day for Maryland, their last home game. They are fighting for bowl eligibility. And with Rutgers doing Rutgers things, the win against Rutgers next week is not a guarantee, so this may be their chance. And so they could get frisky, and they could say, you know what, we're going to go up two scores. Michigan's offense is not built to come back from two-score deficits. No. They've never had to. No. And I think now with that, though, I know what they're going to say. Hutchinson and Ojabe, they, they've got 20 sacks on the season. Nobody can stop them, yada, yada, yada. Cool. 100%. They are, they are dominant defensive ends. Flip side is only one other person on that entire defense has an actual sack. Everybody else has like half sacks because they helped with Ojabe or Hutchinson. They don't have – only one person has a full sack other than those two. And so if you can scheme those two out, which is not unreasonable, mind you. And we know we know to, uh, Tulolo loves to stay inside the pocket with those multiple intentional grounding penalties. So he's not going to be trying to roll out and trying to run past Ojabe or Hutchinson. So – and they, they, they have a passing offense that can make them pay. If Michigan is looking forward, it's not. We've never seen a top five Michigan team or a top 10 Michigan team lose to an unranked team before. That never. 
because they were looking past that team. So who knows? Well, I wouldn't say never. I can think of a <laughs> September 1st, 2007, um, on my birthday, and Greg Jones' uh, Michigan State debut, there was a you know, an unranked team that showed up against number oh, two yeah. Michigan and uh, pulled the trigger on them. But, yeah, that was uh, – yeah, that, that's a good point. Oh, I mean – and here's the thing, though, is when you get those types of defensive ends – Part of the thing that they want to do is they want to get after the quarterback, which, I mean, obviously those two are as good as any other duo in the country. I mean, I've – Oh, absolutely. For uh, Panashu to maybe be better than Hutchinson, though he's fallen off over the last few games. Um, and so I'm probably eating a little bit of crow there. I haven't really looked at the numbers comparison since then. Um, but when you have guys like that, you want to get after the quarterback which opens up lanes for the quarterback. And I know we talked about Tonga Valoa not being able to, um, you know, not wanting to be a running quarterback and stuff like that. Uh, they drew up a few more designed run plays. When he does, it's usually improvised. When he does run, though, it's usually improvised. Mm-hmm. And when you have two guys going after – you know, I keep thinking of this uh, draw that they showed uh, – during the Miami game with Panashuk and Beasley, you know, Panashuk went wide and made the quarterback step up into Beasley. When you have two guys getting after the quarterback, though, uh, and they both go wide, one of those is more likely to open up. Yeah, and, you just create lanes. I mean, they, yeah, and that, that's a concern. Yeah. So um, it's definitely possible. And that, that running back, I mean, yeah, they don't have a proficient running attack. But he's still a big dude. Oh yeah, he 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 is tough to break down, bring down, and if you give him a crease, you know he he's gonna at least fall forward on it. I mean, yeah, I mean we we've seen it how many times where running backs running backs that get four yard, three to four yards of carry just keep staying ahead of the sticks. I mean, it's not a great pl- offensive plan, but it's an offensive plan that'll get you there. So yeah. Um, Flip into the other side of the ball. Like I, I'm really intrigued by this because without Blake Corum, you know Michigan mm. doesn't have that ability to attack the outside. Mm. Uh, you know, which is where guys like Kenneth Walker and Blake Corum make their money. Hassan yep. Haskins makes it up the middle. Michigan or excuse me, Michigan, uh, Maryland is kind of stout in regard to their defensive tackles, and I, I'm looking forward to this matchup. Me too. I think. I think. I think this is one of those games where it's going to be in the third quarter. Michigan's going to look up and it's 1-7. And they're going to go, what the hell happened? Because they weren't focused the first half. I mean, see, now, I don't like the name, the term game manager. I don't think he's a game manager. It, this, people say the same crap about Peyton Thorne. They're not game managers. What they are is they're, they're quarterbacks that will win you a game but they're not quarterbacks that can take over a game. There's a difference between a quarterback that will win you a game and a game manager. The game manager doesn't lose you a game. Kay McNamara can win you a game, but he's not going to take over the game. He is not Kyler Murray. He is not that that game-changing quarterback where when he has the ball, like Deshaun Watson, when he had the ball, you you never knew what to do because he could run it, he could throw it, he would take over a game. He would will that team to a victory. And 
K. McNamara isn't that, but he's also, he can win you a game. I mean, we saw firsthand Andrew Anthony, when you get that kid in space, he's got speed. We hated, looking back, losing him hurt, like, to Michigan, but he's got speed. He can make, he can make them pay. So it depends on what Maryland shows up and how many mental mistakes Michigan makes. Yeah, because Mar- Maryland's been an up-and-down team, too. They, they've been incredibly hard to try to figure out. Um, we'll get to our predictions about that a little bit later. Headliner, first place in the Big Ten East, up for grabs in Columbus, Ohio, and at the Horseshoe. And uh, Yeah, not a lot of people giving Michigan State any hope. No. Uh, I will say, though, uh, in most of the prediction articles or uh, videos that I've seen, people are thinking that this is going to turn into somewhat of a shootout. And by that, I mean it's going to hit the over. The over is at 66.5 last I saw. And that was on FanDuel. That, it's going to hit – yeah, about 67. They, they think it's going to hit the over because they have, they have um, Ohio State at about 45 and Michigan State at like that 28 to 35 mark. So what they're saying is that no defense is going to show up. This is going to look like a Big 12 matchup. Yeah, which is just weird to hear coming from uh, this conference. but And these two teams in particular. I mean... It, yeah, nor- normally they're both uh, really stout defensively. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah not so the case I, here. I mean, to put it, put it in a... This, like, I give Michigan State somewhere between a 5 to 15% chance to win this game. And in my, my personal opinion, it's going to come down to three things going to come down to Peyton Thorne playing a clean the cleanest game he's played the best game he's played no overthrows the interceptions have been blown out blown are overblown lately because he the the interception at the end of the Michigan game was just a perfect punt like it was Uh, the beginning of the Michigan game yeah 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 the and yeah that for that first drive there was a Rutgers one where he uh where the guy repositioned uh, the ball in his hands after he hit the ground. Yeah. Um, and the then Purdue, you have Jaden Reed 50-50 ball. Yep. And then uh, and there's the, another one you mentioned yesterday. Maryland, the end of the the um, the end of the half at Maryland. It was a Hail Mary. The Hail Mary. Yeah. Like, so you, out of the last seven interceptions he's thrown, four of them have been, okay, not really his fault. It's not him trying to thread a needle or anything. It's, hey, bad bad luck or circumstances just said, hey, chuck it up. They know we're going to chuck it. So Jaden Reed would say Jaden Reed is soft. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that, I think I think you're right on. His, his efficiency is was something that everybody talked about. Now they're not talking about it, and they're talking about his big plays, his big play ability, and it's like he's still efficient. But uh, that was number one. What's number two? Number two is it's going to come down to C.J. Stroud make, being a redshirt freshman and making freshman mistakes. You have to be able to get him. You have to be able to pressure him. I don't care if you blitz all first quarter, if every play is a blitz coming from somewhere else. Hit him, make him uncomfortable, throw off his timing. If you let him get into a rhythm like they did with Aiden O'Connell, it's going to turn into the Purdue game. You have to, make, you have to pressure him. And you have to make him make make those mental mistakes, those oh, overthrows. It's so we, much worse than Purdue. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, well, well, in Purdue, I mean, it's going to get out of hand quick. Um, yeah. And when because when you look at the Oregon game, it was Oregon ran the ball really well, 
And C.J. Stroud could not hit a man. He couldn't hit anybody to save his life. Now, the last, what, seven teams they've played since Oregon, the highest-ranked rushing, rushing attack they faced is the 77th. Kenneth Walker is significantly better than that. But Kenneth Walker is not my number three key to this game. My number three key to this game is going to be Bryce Berenger. Bryce Berenger flipping the field and pinning people deep, pinning them deep is why is the key to this game. Because at the end of the day, if, if they, may, they may score every drive, but if every drive starts within the 20, that is 80 yards they have to go. These are still college players. They're still, they will still make mistakes. Every play, don't, every and, make them go 80 yards. And don't forget, as bad as Michigan State's secondary has been, you know, worst pass defense in the nation, they've not given up big plays. You know, per, Purdue, they gave up no. a couple, but they've been incredible at containing big plays. And so, if even if it's guys like Alave and Garrett Wilson and Marvin Harrison Jr., and I'm getting sick to my stomach, th- this is a... <laughs> This like you can still take those guys away, um, especially if you have a little more speed at the linebacker position with in uh, Cravarus Crouch, which we don't know if he's going to play because Mel Tucker. I say this all the time is the only person in the world who is more quiet about injuries than Mark Antonio. Yep, and so it's going to be really interesting to see if Crouch is playing. Who, He's terrible in coverage, by the way. It seems like he glitches like a video game and loses half of a step every time his receiver catches the ball. But he's a really good run stopper. If you blitz a little bit and you can get some pressure on him, get some pressure on him that way, uh, on Stroud, then I think that opens things up because he's as good as Cal Halliday is, and I think he's incredibly underrated. I think he's first Um, big all Big Ten, but yeah, I mean, and that, that's bold. That's bold, but yeah, I mean, I've got to actually look at the numbers too to see how he's doing. But yeah, he's a uh, as good as Halliday's been. He's not as fast as Crouch. Uh, he's not that animal that crouches in regards to that reckless abandon. He seems to play with a little bit. Um, yep. So it's that's what I'm curious to see. And I mean, we talked about you talked about the rushing game. They played the uh, the they played the uh, the best rushing attack that they've played was the seventy seventh best rushing attack in the nation. I'm a little concerned about that, just because there's a little bit of a difference between that and obviously Kenneth Walker's best running back in America, maybe yes. the best skill position player in America. Maybe. I would say he's the best player, but yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, I'm the rest of it's debatable. Without question, though, he's the best running back in America. Yeah. And, but the thing is, is his yards after contact alone make him the 13th best running back in America based on rushing yards. Just his yeah. yards after contact. And the problem is, is can Ohio, even though Ohio State doesn't have the ends that we're used to seeing out of, you know, Bosa's and Chase Young's and guys like that even though they don't have the ends, can Walker still get to the outside, slip in Ohio State tackle? There's a difference between a lot of these other schools that Walker's playing and Ohio State. And so can he slip those Ohio State tackles? That That's my concern. And can he do that without Jarrett Horst, who appears to be 
done for the year due to rumors that we will neither confirm nor deny on the show. Yes. So that's a big question. So I think it's possible. Um, I think, I think this is one of those games where they, Ohio state is going to be keyed on Walker. They are going to be dead set on shutting Kenneth Walker down because that's what, that's all they've heard. This is going to come down to Peyton Thorne, Jaden Reed, Trey Mosley, and uh, Foster getting out there and forcing them to respect the pass. You know, you use the run. The pass. We need to use the pass to set up the run. Force those safeties mm-hmm. to actually play pass coverage. Force those co- cornerbacks to stay with the receiver. And if that ha- if that happens, then Kenneth. I think I think Kenneth Kenneth Walker, if he goes for a hundred or one hundred and twenty five and two TDs, he has the Heisman locked up. I because here's the thing: C.J. Stroud is going to get his four hundred yards. He's going to because we he's going to get his five hundred and fifty yards. Yeah. The question is: is does it does it get five hundred and fifty yards and five field goals, or five hundred and fifty yards and five touchdowns? That's what it's going to come down to. That's the yeah, only thing. Yeah, and that's how Michigan. Yeah, that's exactly how Michigan State's been winning these games. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like I said. There's that one glimmer of hope in me is that Kenneth Walker has a big game. Yeah, and just milks that clock and keeps the keeps Michigan State's defense off the field like that that's my one glimmer of hope and I know that's the five to fifteen percent that you're looking at that five to fifteen percent revolves around number nine yeah. um let's get to our predictions Michigan is favored by 14 and a half over the DC Turtles so I would say it's going to be you U of M uh, what I'll say U of M 28 and U of M 14. So, and yes, Michigan will win. <laughs> yeah. They're both I, U of M, dang it. Yeah. So, so Mary, so, so you got Maryland covering by half a point. By half uh, a point. Half a point. Me, I've, I'm going, uh, the same route other than the fact I've got Michigan covering this. I just, Tungavaloa looked so bad when there was pressure on him. I he, don't know if it's a reflection of where the pressure was coming from up the middle, which you're not going to get from Michigan, or if it's just pressure in general. And th- that's the problem is if it's pressure in general, Maryland's screwed. Yeah. Um, if it's pressure up the middle that bothers him, uh, then I think, think he'll be fine because like we said the pressure is going to come from the edges um and so i've got but i I still think that michigan's just just too much um you know mcnamara has been so much improved since the michigan state game like it's been unreal how good he's been like you're not here and everyone clamoring for mccarthy anymore um and part of that may have to do with McCarthy's ineptitude during the MSU game. But that being said, he's still a, it's still a, a it's still a much more talented team. Give me a 31 to 13 Michigan. And then, uh, all right. 
Who's first place in the Big Ten East? Uh, I mean, Ohio, Ohio State is favored by 19, by the way. Yeah, I know. I know. It is my, okay. That was for the so, listeners, Sean. Yeah. Okay. The, I all can't, three of them. <laughs> I can't, in good conscience, say that, like, I would not put any money on Michigan State to cover this spread. However, there is, we, we walk through it. There's a, there's a world in which this works. However, yes. at the yes. end of the day, there's multiverses out there. We're uh, ready for however, starter, man. Yeah. However, <laughs> at the end of the day, the freaking Buckeyes are the Buckeyes. I mean, yeah, their defense has fallen off. They're going to get railroaded in the playoffs because they don't have anything that can stay with Georgia. But at the end of the day, man, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't say that Michigan State's going to pull off this upset. I think it's going to be Ohio State, and because I took the over, I'm going to say, like, Ohio State 48, Michigan State, like, 35. All right, so another another cover. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going um, – look, you don't have Jalen Naylor, as far as we, we don't know. know that. We don't know that. As far as, far as we know, okay. you don't have Jalen Naylor. I'm predicting bowl game. You don't have Matt Coughlin at 100%. You, and you won't until the bowl game. Yep. Per sources. Per my sources. Screw you, Adam Schefter. Um, but <laughs> we – so you're out your kicker, who kickers are big down in Columbus. We saw that six years ago. Yep. Um, I wonder if that's when I really messed up my arm doing that windmill junk all over the house and stuff like that. But anyways, I digress. Uh, but we, you're missing your kicker. You might be missing Kravar's crouch, which I think for Ohio State purposes is huge. I don't like him in pass coverage. I think he's absolutely, ter- absolutely terrible in pass coverage. Um because like I said, he always stops when this guy catches the ball as opposed to chasing him down and following through, even though he's fast enough to hang most times. Sometimes it gets matched up against slot. Uh, it, you're missing Naylor, potentially. You're missing Crouch, potentially. You're missing 30-yard field goals. The like th- Those are what you need because I think Peyton Thorne can get you down the field against Ohio State. I do. I don't think – he can score touchdowns every time you need those field goals. You're not going to get them. And I think that that can end up deflating you like a Tom Brady football. And I think Ohio state can just capitalize on that uh, momentum and lack thereof, given the fact it's still a highly ranked Michigan state team. And we've been saying all year, Michigan's not as good as what they're ranked. Michigan state's not as good as what they're ranked. This is a weird year for college football. I'm starting to buy into Michigan state a little bit more, but I'm not buying into them enough to think that this is going to be a game that's competitive. Yeah. And so I've got, I've got like 45 to 24. Um, I've got Ohio state covering and uh, yeah, obviously, obviously they cover, they're going to win the game. And I don't think it's going to be close after the first quarter. No, I, well, so with my prediction being out there, I, I, I truly believe this this game goes one of two ways. The Michigan State wins a by a touchdown or yep. less, or yep. Ohio State wins by like four touchdowns. Yep. I mean, my, my score prediction is my score prediction. I because I think we we it's I, somewhere in between. garbage 
in garbage time, we rail off a couple not meaning meaningless touchdowns, right? Yeah. But yeah. it's just at the end of the day, it's Ohio State is a measuring stick for the Big Ten, and I don't know if we're there now. In full full transparency, if Tucker manages to somehow in some world pull this off, up up it by a couple million, Ashiba. Just up it. Get a hold of Dan Gilbert. Throw in another couple, ten million, fifteen million, whatever, and let, let's let's sign that contract today. Because yeah. if he if, if he manages to do this without with a with a roster that is cobbled together from the transfer portal and leftover leftover players from D'Antonio, let's just see what not he does when he gets here. No, 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 but, no. I'm not at yeah. all. But he didn't recruit him. Let's see right. what he can do when, when he gets the guys that fit his scheme. You yeah, know, it, like we, we both love absolutely insane. Yeah. We both love Cal Halliday. Like he, he is the old school Patty Fisher, freaking Pat Fitzgerald type linebacker. Right. We, yep. we love that. But yep. what happens when he has three Kavarius crouches on the team, you know, guys who can cover guys who are quick guys who can shut down that slant and that tight end. And that's who he's recruiting. He has it. He has a method. He has it. He has parameters. He wants people to heat. To me, he's doing what he can with the guys he has on the team, and I'm all for it. But it, when, if he gets his guys, the guys that he wants for his systems, he's doing this with a cobbled-together roster. Who knows what he can do? 